It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. I'm Adam Ritz, and today we're in Southern California. We are on the campus of Whittier College, just outside of Los Angeles, and we are broadcasting in front of this beautiful live studio audience. All right, that's wonderful. Thank you so much, Whittier College. We are here to... uh, Award a few student-athletes and students on campus at Whittier for their uh, extra efforts with academics and with philanthropy and community service. And we bring on the show now Melanie Peel. Hi, Melanie. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I hear. Don't be scared. This is easy. Uh, We're going to talk about your presidential scholar status. Now, I probably butchered that. Are you? Is it a presidential scholar? Yes, the title is Presidential Scholar-Athlete. So you won a title. You're the Presidential Scholar-Athlete. What is your team? Uh, Water polo and swimming. (laughs) Water polo and swimming. So you're a two-sport athlete at Whittier, and uh, and you're smart as hell to boot. Sure. Yeah, what is your major? (laughs) Biology and environmental science. Oh, that is hard. And you, I'm going to assume you're like 4.0 across the board, huh? Um, close, yeah. Pretty close. Yeah. But uh, a scholar nonetheless, do you have any advice for our young listeners out there that are maybe having trouble with their academics? What is your, you're an academic expert now. What do you want to say to the, to the kids of America, at risk or otherwise, that are just having trouble with school and don't think it's that important? Um, if you like competition at all, you should move that to the classroom and try to compete with yourself and with others to do good stuff. That's Melanie Peel. Let's have a round of applause for her. Thank you so much. Thank you, Melanie. And uh, next we bring up Kevin Ewing. Hi, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Ewing, how you doing? Kevin Ewing, and you are, I'm fine, thank you. And uh, you're on the lacrosse team. Tell us about your uh, community service. Yeah, uh, men's lacrosse here at Whittier. Like, we always love to give back to the community. Um, Actually, during our spring break trip this past uh, March, we went back to Philadelphia and volunteered with, like, a youth clinic with a bunch of kids, like, third and fourth grade age back in uh, Radnor, Pennsylvania, and just had a great time showing the kids how to play a little lacrosse. And those kids, uh, they, you know, I know they love sports, but when they get involved oh with uh, mentorship and, and see yeah. your eyes, what's it like for you to see their eyes light up? Oh, my God, yeah, they love lacrosse, and then just, like, being out there with a bunch of college-age athletes, like, it was great for them, and honestly, even better for us. Like, it was really rewarding, and, like, I think a lot of our guys got a lot out of it, and, um, it's like a really good bonding experience for us. That's, you, hit on the, you hit the nail on the head. It was great for them, but it was probably even better for you guys. Yeah. So it's inspirational for me and our listeners and everybody here to learn uh, about community service, make a difference, get up off your couch like everybody here at Whittier College, get involved with your communities. Let's have a round of applause for everybody here tonight. Thank you so Absolutely. much. Go Poets. <laughs> and I can't thank you guys enough for hosting the Adam Red Show.
The Adam Ritz Show, a reality show for your radio. The Adam Ritz Show is rolling on with the American Heart Association. We're going to talk about heart health now, heart health awareness, and a gala event that you can be involved with to help uh, raise the funding and the awareness for heart health in America. We are joined now by Tim Harms. Hi, Tim. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks for having us on the show. I, first of all, would like to know what your, uh, I guess, role is with the American Heart Association. What's your official title? What's it say on your business card? My business card says Communications Director, and that's that is for the central Indiana area. Okay, communications. You've got the marketing background. You um, promote heart health. Do you practice heart health? Do my best. Yeah, yeah. yeah I uh, try to exercise uh, several times a week and trying to eat healthy as well. You're in shape. You. I noticed first thing I noticed coming to your office. It's on the second floor, so you had to sneak a little workout in for me. I got my heart rate up coming up the stairs. That's right. Well, that's one of the things we encourage for people when we talk about you know, ways to incorporate exercise. We certainly talk about, you know, you could park farther away, you can take the stairs instead of an elevator. So there are easy ways to incorporate heart health into your daily life. You'll be, you'll be proud of me when I tell you this. I, I do a lot of traveling, a lot of airports, a lot of conveyor belt sidewalks. I skip every one of them and just walk. How about that? That's great. That's great. You know, something interesting that's come around, too, in the last couple of years is there's a number of airports across the country that have designated walking paths in them, uh, designated by the American Heart Association as walking paths. So instead of just sitting at the, the gate waiting for your connecting flight, you can actually walk around the terminal and get a little bit of exercise and, and stay healthier that way. Great ideas to get the, uh, the heart rate up at all times. We're with Tim Harms from the American Heart Association uh, with a marketing communications background, and you've been, I guess, just how many years have you worked here? About five. Five. So you've, uh, you could actually do some open heart surgery then. You, you've got the medical knowledge now too. Well, I'm still working on that, yeah. Um, and we're here to talk about uh, a gala event. In fact, it's called the, uh, the Heart Ball. Uh, is that correct? It's called the Heart Ball. We have about 75 of them across the country here in Indianapolis. Ours is coming up in mid-May. Um, as far as the fundraisers that the American Heart Association does, this is our black tie gala, uh, real fun evening where we celebrate all the successes and all the great achievements that have come across throughout the years. 29th annual, that is huge. I mean, that's a long time, three decades of heart balls, and I heard uh, some rumblings in the office about how uh, much bigger this one is, not, not from 29 years ago, just, just from last year, it's, it's so much bigger. Why is that? Well, we have, yet you're right, we have some exciting growth, especially here in Indianapolis, growing our attendance by almost 200 people this year. Um, a lot of that comes down to great community involvement, great support by sponsors and, and companies that uh, see the value in what we're doing, not only f for just supporting the community, but for their employees and things like that. So our, our chair here in Indianapolis is uh, the president of Marion University, Dan Elsner. We're also fortunate to be in the backyard of Lilly, Eli Lilly and Company, and um, their CEO, John Lechleiter, is going to be our featured speaker this year. So a lot of exciting things happening. So the uh, tickets, um, event, I guess you could probably sponsor a whole table, bring all your friends, bring your neighbors and friends. Uh, where can we go online to learn more about how we can purchase tickets to the Gala Heartball? IndieHeartball.org is the web address, and that's uh, the best way to find out information about the event and uh, purchase tickets and become involved. Okay, IndieHeartBall.org. And the event is uh, Saturday night, May 17th. And uh, it's not only a great cause, but it's a great time, too. A lot of entertainment. You're going to have music, dancing, dinner. Absolutely. It's at the JW Marriott, which, of course, is you know still relatively new here in Indianapolis and a shining star. 
Um, great dinner that they always put on. We've got some live music by the Yellow Rickshaw. That'll okay. close the night. But the program itself includes uh, some great live auction packages that folks can bid on, some silent auction going on beforehand. So um, just a fun night for folks to get together and have fun. Tim Harms is our guest. He's with the American Heart Association. We're talking about the Gala Ball. They have them all over the country. We're promoting the one in Indianapolis on May 17th, indieheartball.org for more information. Let me ask you a little bit more about, I guess, the medical side of, of this business, uh, heart health awareness. You really get down to it. Uh, what are some of the big issues uh, coming from your office as far as m maybe, you know, defib defibrillators, if I said that correctly, defibrillators in elementary schools or, um, you know, cholesterol levels, which I know nothing about? I mean, what are the big issues from your side of the room? Well, a few years ago, we kind of narrowed heart health down to um, some of the big issues for folks down to what we call life simple seven. If you can kind of manage seven factors or be aware of those seven things, you will improve your heart health. Um, so one of those is obviously to reduce smoking, cut out tobacco use in general. Um, that's really one of the leading causes of preventable death in the U.S. is, is still smoking and tobacco use. So um, tobacco use would be one. A healthy diet would certainly be the other, the right amount of exercise, those couple things that I mentioned earlier. And then the other points do come down to, you know, knowing and managing your cholesterol, your blood pressure, and your blood uh, blood sugar levels, you know, those are some of the key components to heart health. So we're, we're, we're working, you know, those are very educational things that we're working on as part of our mission, um, getting people to know what those numbers are, to understand what they are, and then to work with their physicians on an individual basis to manage, you know, whatever their situation might be. We do a lot with fitness, health and fitness, uh, outside the realm of um, heart disease or, or cancer awareness. Uh, we just talk a lot about fitness and child obesity and stuff like that. And I never really did the math or connected the dots. Uh, your weight, your obesity levels uh, definitely affect how hard your heart is working to pump that blood through your body. Do you uh, have any advice for me and our listeners on how to, uh, I guess, be a little bit more fit? Well, I would say for adults, we encourage 150 minutes of exercise per week. And for kids, it's 60 minutes every day. Mm -hmm. So the biggest thing that we can do is just get up and be active when it comes to exercise. Um, one of the things the American Heart Association really recommends for adults is walking. It's the easiest way to get into an exercise program. Um, you can do it anywhere. There's no cost. You don't have to join. You don't have to buy special equipment. And so what we've seen is a lot of people who will start a walking program, especially folks who might be overweight and have always like, how can I start dropping some weight, you know, and they, they think about big things they have to do joining a gym. A lot of people, if they can start walking 20 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, what we've seen is they develop that habit. Pretty soon they're walking 30 minutes a day, 40 minutes a day. They might start take take up jogging or some other form of exercise. It kind of builds on itself, but it seems like walking is the foundation that gets it all started. So if you can start doing that 15 minutes a day, um, do that, and then and then see where it leads you. You hit the nail on the head because it's a daunting task to think about joining a gym. I got to start working out. I got to be healthy. I need to get fit. I need to get in shape. Just walk. Start walking. And to piggyback what you're saying, a friend of mine has battled some weight issues for a long time, and she recently got, you know, use technology to your advantage with your smartphone and your apps, and she got one of these uh, wristband things, and I don't know what it's called, but we're going to promote it right now. It, it's, its main focus is that it wants you to walk 10,000 steps every day, and it measures 
through like a pedometer sort of and through GPS how many steps you've walked through the day even when you're in the office it counts your steps and it sends you a text message when you're halfway home when you've got 5,000 steps it'll send you a message and say congratulations you're halfway there when you get your 10,000th step it'll say congratulations you reached your goal when you walk 20,000 steps in one day it'll send you another text message wow congratulations and she's been doing this about five or six weeks and she's lost like 28 pounds without even changing her diet really just getting off the couch and walking and being a little more conscious about walking and now with that 28 pounds gone she's more likely to take that next step you're saying join a gym maybe run maybe get a little more active maybe play tennis do something with that 30 pounds now gone and uh, the whole health and fitness you know mentality of an everyday lifestyle change with that stupid little wristband that she wears that measures how many steps she takes every day so you're right just start with walking and go from there our guest is tim harms with the american heart association uh, your background is in uh, marketing when you started working here as the communications director did you realize how much information and knowledge that you'd have from the medical side the health and fitness side the heart health awareness side that would become so prevalent in your life I really didn't. You know, one of the things I think that people don't know about the American Heart Association is really how many things we're involved in. Because um, I remember, too, before joining the organization, you, you have a general picture. I think most people have a general picture. The American Heart Association does good things for, for the heart, something like that. You don't, But it's hard to know maybe necessarily what specific programs they're involved in. So when you when you dig deeper into the Heart Association, you, you learn about, uh, we have advocacy efforts and we've We've worked in communities to pass laws uh, uh, recently in Indiana, a complete streets uh, ordinances where new construction that takes place, they have to then take into consideration the need for sidewalks, the need for bike lanes, you know, the ways to get people out of their cars and, and, and get active. Um, we have initiatives, again, a lot of states have just passed this, Indiana being one of them, but um, CPR graduation requirements so that our high school students now will be required to learn CPR as a high school graduation requirement, um, training that next generation of lifesavers because there are almost 400,000 incidences of sudden cardiac arrest per year. Most of those are going to occur in the home or in private places where if you're waiting three, four, five minutes for uh, EMTs to get there, your chances of survival go down to about eight, nine, ten percent. And so if we have more people who've trained in CPR, we have better chance at saving lives. So we are, we're doing all those types of community programs, education programs, and at the same time, uh, the heart of our mission, much of our mission remains funding research. You know, over the, the last few decades, things like stents and pacemakers, bypass surgeries, all those things that we kind of take for granted in 2014, those have all stemmed from research and things that have been funded over the last 20, 30, 40 years, and, um, you know, it's exciting to see all those developments. It's pretty amazing. You think about, just in my own family, my mother's father, my grandfather, who I never met, died when my mom was 19, heart disease. He was one of the first, you know, recipients of some sort of open-heart surgery procedure in 1950-whatever, um, and had he been alive today, or around today, he'd, be st he'd still be with us with all the technology and the medical advances, yeah. stents and all that stuff. So my aunt, my mom's sister, she's 80 years old. She was just uh, in the hospital this week for, an, for a procedure and got a few stents put in. And I mean, she's already out on the sidewalk walking. So she's 80. She's got another a lot of years left in her life. And uh, the advances medically are amazing. The advances um, 
with awareness from my perspective, from doing this public affairs radio show, are even more amazing. The way people are – it's just top of mind now. People, people bypass the sidewalk conveyor belt at the airport because they want to walk because they know it's good for their heart. That's cool. Yeah, it is exciting. And even some of the cardiologists that I've talked with, um, they recognize that people come to them with much more of an awareness about what's going on and, and um, expectations about what – kind of treatment they can receive, but also expectations about the kind of things that they need to do themselves to, you know, lead a healthier lifestyle. Now, let me ask you this question. I, I put you on the spot medically. Um, again, we're speaking with Tim Harms with the American Heart Association. I'm in my mid-40s. Uh, I've had a chest pain or two here or there. Maybe it was stress. Maybe it was a French fry lodged in my heart. I don't know. Uh, but I've gone to the doctor and had, um, you know, the stress test and everything. Um, and they were happily, uh, at least on my <laughs> point of view, I was happy that they said, you're fine. Because uh, mm -hmm. I, I try to run a lot, um, a lot for me anyway, and I try to get a lot of exercise. And they were uh, very happy with my, all my levels and, and my blood flow and everything was fine. It was just probably some stress. Um, what can you tell a guy like me who's listening to this show right now who, did, who hasn't gone to get a checkup? What age should you make that appointment to maybe just go get a stress test, that, which isn't that expensive? Well, I think, you, again, it depends on the individual. I would really encourage people just to, um, yeah, if you haven't seen your doctor in a while, go see your doctor, have a conversation. Start the conversation with your doctor on what is appropriate for you. Should you be going in for a checkup every year? Should you be getting a physical every five years, you know, based on your particular situation? That's really what it's going to come down to. But certainly... Anybody and everybody listening, if you haven't had a conversation with your physician recently, now's a great time. You know, go in and make that appointment, get a physical, and have that conversation with your doctor. You know, I know, I know heart disease is the number one killer in America. What should I be doing personally in my life to make sure that I, you know, reduce the risk as much as I can? That's powerful what you just said. It's the number one killer in America. Maybe a lot of people, I didn't know that. I mean, just... If you said, what's the number one killer in America? I don't know if it'd be, I'd have it about in the top 10 maybe, but I didn't know it was the number one killer in America, heart disease. Dr. Harms, thank you so much for joining us. Tim Harms on the program. Before we let you go, let's uh, talk about the Heart Gala Ball one more time. Information at IndyHeartBall.org. Uh, give us all the rundown real quick. Yep, here in Indianapolis, it's Saturday, May 17th at the JW Marriott. Going to be a great evening where we celebrate the accomplishments of, of the years of research and things that the American Heart Association has done, continue to raise awareness about uh, how folks can lead a heart-healthy heart lifestyle, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. May 17th, I'll get my tuxedo. Thank you, Tim, so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. You can catch up with The Adam Ritz Show online. Podcasts of recent shows, including this one, can be found at adamritzshow.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook slash Adam Ritz Show or follow at Adam Ritz on Twitter. And we thank you for listening to The Adam Ritz Show, coming to you now from Morgantown, West Virginia, on the campus of West Virginia University. I'm inside the Kappa Alpha Order Chapter House with Brian. I didn't catch your last name, Brian. Farewell, Brian Farewell. 
Fairball, Brian Fairball, you are the philanthropy chairperson for Kappa Alpha Order here at West Virginia University. Yes, I am. And we love learning about uh, college kids, their philanthropies, how hard they work uh, outside of the classroom to raise awareness, raise funds. Uh, as philanthropy chairperson, what do you guys do on campus here at West Virginia to make a difference? Well, last semester we held a soccer tournament where we invited each sorority to come up and participate. And obviously, to raise the money, we asked them each to donate a certain amount of money so they could enter the tournament and have either one team or two teams. And it just basically a soccer tournament. And other than that, we had other events leading up to it that would also help raise funds. Such things as uh, we had a barbecue one day. Um, also, we had a coin collection where each we we would um, ask each sororities to. In the mountain layer, we had a booth and a cup for each sorority, and they would drop certain amounts of change in their cup. For example, a nickel, dimes, and quarters would be positive points to their effort, and dropping pennies in another sorority's cup would be negative for them. <laughs> so. Just different ways to add up. You know what? I'm sensing a theme here where you're doing a lot with the sororities. It doesn't yeah. have anything to do with the fact that they're the women on campus, does it? <laughs> that uh, helps out. <laughs> so that soccer tournament, the winner of that tournament, did they get a special prize? Uh, or is there a prize they get to come back and, and have dinner with the gentlemen of Kappa Alpha Order? Yeah, well, the way we do it is each, each event adds up points towards winning our overall philanthropy and... For example, uh, the soccer tournament obviously held the most point value towards winning the overall thing. Um, and what we would give as a reward for winning our philanthropy is we would make a donation of whatever we raised towards their, their, their sorority philanthropy. And also, I think we gave them the game ball and all the brothers signed it. And yeah, okay, that's cool. And then uh, I'm going to guess, uh, I think I remember that Kappa Alpha Order works nationally with the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Is this the organization locally that uh, is getting the funds and the awareness from all the philanthropy work you do here on campus? Yes, MDA gets all the, all the um, money we raise. And let's just talk real quick about your position as philanthropy chair. Is this something you run for? You get voted in? Uh, do you pick your successor? How does that work? Uh, well, basically, uh, the president and a couple of the guys in one meeting just brought up who, who, who we thought would be good for this position, and they asked me if I wanted to do it, and I said, yeah, I would do it. So. And there you go. And you were telling me off mic that you're getting ready to graduate. What's next for you, Brian? Yeah, well, I'm a sport management major, so I'm looking to work maybe for a pro sports team somewhere, even minor league, just anything really. Well, this is a sports uh, campus, the West Virginia Mountaineers, always a good football team. Yeah. Uh, your head coach, Dana Holgerson, uh, he's a fired-up guy, and your basketball team is usually pretty good. Is it still – is Huggy Bear still your coach? Yeah, Bob Huggins. Yeah, Bob Huggins, he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a character. I mean, this is a sports town. So uh, use that major, use your West Virginia connections, your philanthropy work with the MDA. That all looks great on your resume. We wish you the best of luck. And uh, most of all, we thank you for coming on the show and talking about all the hard work you guys do here at Kappa Alpha Order to raise money and awareness for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
I'm Lowell Whiteman from 360 Mindset. I'm glad to be here supporting the Adam Rich Show. 360 Mindset is dedicated to making the mind-body connection so you can maximize your performance. And the show continues in the state of South Carolina. I'm on the campus of Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina, with Stephanie Boyd. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Oh, great. How are you? I'm doing just fine. And you're um, the campus druggie? What is your title? <laughs> you have a specific title, title including drug and alcohol. I don't know. Are you the town drunk? Are you the Otis of Furman well, University? I, you know, some might think so, but no, I'm actually the coordinator of alcohol and drug education programs here okay. at Furman. Alcohol and drug education programs, Furman University. Big, big job. I mean, uh, on a college campus. A lot of college kids like to have a drink, uh, possibly a little bit more experimentation beyond the drink. Uh, tell us what goes on in your uh, office across your desk. Sure. Um, primarily, I work with um, student groups in an educational way, so we're more proactive on programming and risk management. And then anytime a student gets in trouble for an alcohol or drug violation, they're typically sent to me. Um, they could go through a short online course or they spend eight hours with me on a kind of a, a longer alcohol and drug education program. And then I do quite a bit of one-on-one -on -one counseling. What is a student's, I guess, reaction or mindset on average when they have to come to your office after that first time, first time they get in trouble? Um, you know, there's, there's often frustration because for every one that's getting in trouble, there are probably 10 that are doing the same thing on the mm -hmm. same night or day, and, you know, they haven't been caught. And so the frustration is, why me? Um, but I find after we spend some time together and we get to know each other, um, many of them find it was a helpful experience, and so some of that frustration aggravation tends to go away. Is there a, I guess, a, this is going to be a, a too simple of a question, but I have a small brain. Is there a, just a simple, quick fact you can throw at a student that's sitting in your office with that frustration, why am I here, just some sort of simple phrase or sentence that can get them on your side right off the bat. Look, this is important. There's a lot of problems that come from alcohol and drugs, and this is why we're tackling this problem now. Um, well, the first thing I do is acknowledge that, yes, there are people that were doing the same thing that didn't get caught, and that doesn't make them any better or any more lucky than you. It just was the circumstance. But we're here, so let's make the best of it. And for me, good people make bad decisions every day, and so I don't look at anybody as a, as a person who made a bad decision. I'm sorry. I don't look at this as a bad person. I have that person come in and say, you know, good people make bad decisions. Our job is to make sure we don't make that same decision again. Stephanie Boyd is our guest at Furman University. I'm in South Carolina. It's a beautiful campus, Thank by the you. way. Uh, let's recruit. Let's get some students here. <laughs> how, how many students go to school here? We have about 2,500 students, give or take. Um, we, um, again, are in beautiful South Carolina, at the, right at the, the bottom of the Foothill Mountains, or right near Greenville, which is a fairly large city. It's mm -hmm. an up-and-coming city. It's beautiful, lots of attractions. Um, it's a great place to live. I judge a city based on their airport. There is an international airport here <laughs> in Greenville, South Carolina, so it's got to be a cultural mecca. Um, the football stadium I drove by, it, it's far bigger than your average 2,500 enrollment. Uh, do you know anything about the football team? I'm a big sports fan. Um, well, um, we've, we've got a pretty good football team. We've got a coach that's fairly new, so he's part, part in kind of in the building process. But when you drove by the stadium, we're actually in a rebuild process. So um, they're redoing the, all the home side, um, which is right behind the big statue you saw. So um, um, it looks really nice. Can't wait for us to actually get back in there and uh, begin to enjoy the games in the new stadium. 
Okay, back to your office of um, drug and alcohol awareness. It's Stephanie Boyd, the um, coordinator of the programs here, drug and alcohol awareness at Furman University in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, is there a success story you can tell me about? Maybe a student that came through one, two, three times in your office that finally got it and it clicked, they stayed out of trouble, and they went on to fame and fortune. Um, actually, um, I have a number of students that, when you when you ask that, that come to mind. Um, again, they made a bad decision on an occasion. Um, lots of frustration. Um, it could have been a second or a third time even by the, by the time they actually got to me. And with some work, some one-on-one -on -one counseling, some education, as I said, an eight-hour education course, um, I have students who you know, come by and see me all the time, not, not to tell me about things that are going on with alcohol and drugs, but how well they're doing in classes, how successful they are in their sport, um, just how things have changed for them as a result of their choices. Um, particularly if it's a substance other than alcohol, for example, marijuana, um, we find that after students have stopped using for a time, they begin to, their brains tend to clear. They say, oh my gosh, my grades are getting better. I'm actually wanting to go to class. I remember things I'm supposed to do. So, um, you know, we have a lot of success stories on this campus and a, and a lot of students who make very positive change. Can't thank you enough for your time. It's Stephanie Boyd at Furman University. Thank you so much and go Paladins. That's right. Did I do that right? That's Paladins? It. That's it. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. What a fantastic show. We thank you so much for listening and before we close out today's broadcast, I just wanted to mention Champions Together. Champions Together. This is a great new initiative that I've uh, been asked to be a part of. We're going to do a lot of uh, interviews with these exceptional young people with the Special Olympics of Indiana and the IHSAA, promoting unified sports between these special athletes and uh, high school student athletes competing together to earn a state championship and I couldn't be more proud to be working with Champions Together. More footage and interviews coming up on uh, future episodes of The Adam Rich Show. For now, we certainly urge and suggest you go check them out on Facebook. It's slash Champions Together, slash Champions Together. And their Twitter feed is at Champs Together, at Champs Together. It is Servant Leadership Changing Lives with Champions Together. You won't be disappointed when you check this out. Changing the culture in schools across America, we are champions together. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.